Imagine your most hated enemy just sitting outside your house, plotting your demise, enjoying the view, and just meeting with people left and right and spreading lies about you. That sounds pretty terrible. Sounds pretty terrible, Karima. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Oh, Welcome to the Ex-Wife Podcast. I'm Alicia. And I'm an agent of Orcus. You are? What? Your name is Justin, first of all. First of all. And second of all, if you're an agent of Orcus, get out of here. Get out of here. Well, don't worry, because I'm a Wolverine, too. Just spoilers left and right. I'm ready. I'm excited. Let's go. Oh, my goodness, Gravy. We only have three comics to talk about today. I know. One, Digi. Two, Tangies. What numbers? What titles? Who are they? I'll tell you. X-Men Unlimited, number 87. Wow. X-Force the Ghost Calendars, Part 1, Number 40, and X-Men, Number 22. But first... The... News! The news! Wow. It's the news <laughs> time <laughs> for <laughs> the news! News, 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 I'm not the even trying. I'm not, I'm not even trying. I'm not even attempting. The news. <laughs> the Fall of X lineup... Grumble. ...has been <laughs> announced... It's been shown with the numbers, too. All the minis have been confirmed. There was an image that was released this week. The full list. The full checklist. Alpha Flight, 1 through 5. Astonishing Iceman, 1 through 5. Children of the Vault, 1 through 4. Dark X-Men, 1 through 5. Immortal X-Men, 14 through 18. Invincible Iron Man, 9 through 12, to really let us know. Mm -hmm. Hey, Tony's sticking around. Jean Grey, 1 through 4. Realm of X, 1 through 4. Uncanny Avengers, 1 through 5. Uncanny Spider-Man, 1 through 5. Wolverine, 36 through 40. X-Force, 43 through 47. X-Men, 25 through 29. And X-Men Red, 14 through 18. Jiminy Cricket. That's a lot of issues. It's Yeah. That's an event. That is That is. That's more, more than, than a, Judgment Day. Well, I don't even think. I don't think it's an event. Like, I think it's a, a banner. It's the new, like, right? Destiny of X. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And it's shorter in that, in terms of that, mm-hmm. right? It, it's kind of like what they started calling the Trials of X after the fact, where it's like, hey, we're not really back in the reign of X, but we're back in stuff after the Does Hellfire something Gala. else happening. Right. There's trials. There's tribulations. Hellfire Gala wasn't listed in that. No, because it starts. It's like, the, Hellfire Gala. It's the before the fall. Right. That's the big party where everybody is sad. Everyone probably. wears jean shorts and a polo. Hey, oh, Marvel Voices X Men number one. This is a new one shot that's coming out. So they've done the voices, right? Mm-hmm. In the traditional fashion where they highlight different groups of people and spotlight creators that identify in that group and featuring characters that also identify in that demographic of people. And so now we're kind of mixing all that together with an X-Men centric one, which is kind of interesting and and seems to have a decent amount of heavy hitters in the lineup as it's teased on Marvel.com. Jay Edidin, co-host of Jay and Miles Explain the X-Men, will be telling us a story about mystique and destiny set during the couple's time leading the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants. Oh. Love that. Love Jay. Al Ewing has a story in this. Greg Pak has a story in this. There's a story about Rogue and Gambit. This is instant buy. Instant buy. (laughs) We'll 
be picking this up for sure. I mean, you put X-Men on the title and Chris knows that it goes in my box. It goes immediately in the in box. In the box. Some other things, uh, who knows? Get that out. <laughs> Are you ready for the contest of chaos? I just posted about it. This is the thing loosely been teased. Solicits have announced it. With Agatha? With Agatha. Hey, mm, you know about it. I know about it. Look at me in the know. Wow. Watch out. Do you, what more can you tell me? Nothing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Take it back now, y'all. <laughs> I don't know anything. It's yes. a front. Yes. Fake it till you make it, baby. So it's a September event starting okay. this September and running through annuals. Where oh. it seems that Agatha is using magic to compel heroes to fight each other. Interesting. And it's it's really good because the only matchups that I'm actually interested in are issues that I already would have grabbed anyway. Oh, like what? Wolverine versus Spider-Man in Spider-Man Annual. Mm. Storm versus Iron Man in Invincible Iron Man Annual. If Storm doesn't win, I'm out. Sure. Of course. Cyclops versus Captain Marvel in X-Men Annual. Carol, Carol, beat him. Oh, come on. No, no. I will not come on. Yeah, no, I, I think that's, that's, a, a, like, that's a pretty one-sided that matchup. That seems an too. uneven pair. Sure, sure, yeah. I mean, heck, even Storm versus Iron Man's a little tilted in one direction. Wolverine versus Spider-Man seems... Which Wolverine, Logan or Laura? Logan. Fine. What? <laughs> <laughs> uh, those three, I mean, those those are like your... your Bread and butter. Those are the big guys. You know, Magneto's dead. So yeah. Why are you bringing that up? Because it still hurts. Speaking about people being dead. <laughs> oh my God. It's like a knife in the heart. Like you don't have to salt the wound. Every Jeez. week. Every week. No. Nice little fresh salt. Marvel fallen friend. Oh God. I don't think I'm going to like this. So this is, it, it's kind of a spoiler, I guess, but has been blown up. Around the internet. I guess it's I leaked. know it. I saw. I know so this know. one too. So you know about this. Okay. I was worried that you wouldn't know and that this would be the first time that you've heard of it, but it is likely not to be the first time that you've heard of it because of how many people have posted about are it. Are we just not going to really say it though? Or are we going to like uh, tiptoe around it? We're going to say it because Marvel has posted it. Marvel has said it in their articles and everybody has said it otherwise. And it doesn't really apply to X Men yet. Because who knows what happens after this? He says, yet. Amazing Spider-Man number 26. The big monumental issue that's been teased left and right. We'll see the death of Miss Marvel, Kamala Khan. Blasphemy. Ridiculous. Also, like, it feels like that can't last or isn't as big of a deal because why would you spoil it marvel well i think i think it leaked and then to get around that they it owned up to it and they're like oh okay this how this does gotta... something like that leak someone gets a hold of it and then they post it on the internet who d- who would like if you have access to that kind of information why would you spoil it why would you do that that's sacred information you were trusted yeah i mean so to your point, mm-hmm. there's no way ahead of them releasing a new movie with Miss Marvel being one of the star characters. Right, right. Uh, Bill on Twitter and I were talking back and forth about the interesting connections of Zeb Wells writing Amazing Spider-Man and being involved in writing the Marvels. Oh. Also, 
the fact that in the MCU, Miss Marvel is confirmed to be a mutant. Indeed, she is. So I just I see this as an opportunity for Marvel to connect that story in the comics. And we'll get and a new resurrect her. And we'll get a new Miss Marvel shortly after. I, I don't know. Interesting. This is why you said yet. Right. I just feel like they're teeing it up to be connected to the mutants and resurrection. Honestly, Marvel posted something about uh, Kamala being the one who dies. And I commented a picture of the five and was like, <laughs> we got this. Don't worry. Like, as long as they're around, which who knows? I mean, but... The reality of the situation is they've also made it clear that they can resurrect non-mutants as well. Right, exactly. So it doesn't even regardless have to be. of whether or not she's a mutant, she could still be resurrected by Krakoa. As long as they got that DNA, little mind scan. Oh. Oh, what? Hasbro. Oh, geez. Announced today. Today? That they have, you know, the, the premium role play items that they have? You know, like the, oh, like the, the shield that yeah, I got you yes. for your birthday, and they have. Why like, do they not just call them cosplay items? That's, that's premium role play items. Is basically yeah, they're cosplay items. Yeah, because they have like an Iron Man helmet, yeah. and they have the Infinity Gauntlet. Yeah, don't they have a Spider Man mask that like the eyes move? Uh, that's more on the kids stuff. They have a Star Lord mask that I think you can also listen to music. That's with. cool. Anyway, okay, but what is it? What came out? Magneto's helmet. No, don't tell me this. I need it immediately. It's not going to fit your head, sorry. I, I know it's not going to fit my head. <laughs> but it's going to so, fit mine. I'm so upset. I posted it on the story and I was like, oh man, I want this. It's so amazing. It's never going to fit my head. Captain 2 Michael was like, oh, it will. And I was like, ah, you're sweet, but <laughs> I have a huge head. Did you get it for me for my birthday? No, it was just announced today and it would not be out. My birthday is on Monday. You have four days. And I would be sad <laughs> to buy this thing that I want for myself and never be able to use it. Well, you know, but you love your wife. Sure. Yes, of course. But yes, you, you can course. buy it. You can buy it for yourself. I probably will. There you go. Captain G. Michael, also for the question this week, he asks, what do you think of me? And I was like, really cutting to the core, you know? And, and Michael, we love you. Yeah, you're great. You're great. You send us great messages. You sent us a, a really touching review of the podcast oh the God. other day. So, so beautiful. You know, that, Thank that, you. We are the best of friends and we love each other almost as much or more than we love X-Men, but both are loved. Yes, both are loved. Yeah, that was good. Bruce 33 had a general question. Some characters are getting solo series. If you both could choose one character to get a solo, who would it be? Um, magic. Hmm. Nimrod. Nimrod. A villain perspective, solo oh, series. Man, I, my first gut thought was Danny Moonstar. Yeah, Danny Moonstar. I think that'd be great, but also, I would love a villain centric or or Karima or mm. Moira, right? Like to to really get into what's going on in them. And what happened with them? Even just you make it an Orcus series, Orcus mini. That's not a that's not a solo. You've gone off the grid. I know, but I said like five things, so <laughs> I did the thing. I checked the box. I kept going. That's our Marvel news. Now time for personal news. Personal news. Is it me? Are you, are you want me to go? 
I mean, that's the way it's been set up thus far. You go first. <laughs> that only happened because you didn't have one last week. Did I? Did I create a, a challenge? Is this? Is this? It's hey. more like a, I generally show up to the podcast, and my preparation is: I read the comics. Good job. Yeah. And now I have homework, and I'm a delinquent student, and I need someone in the class to go before me so I can come up with my answer while they're presenting their work. So AKA I, you. Yeah. I talk about improv very loosely here. I, I mention it often that I do improv or I have shows. I had a really great show on Friday, probably one of my favorite shows since coming back after COVID. So mm. it was a huge time off and I took an extended time off. And if you don't know, improv is basically like comedy theater that you make up as you go. So my team and I, we perform and none of it is scripted. All of it's made up. And you get to be characters that are outside of yourself. You get to not be Justin, X-Men obsessed fan. <laughs> but if there is a detail or a thing that you know a lot about or a thing that you feel strongly mm. about that you could align to a character, that actually makes for a really compelling and interesting character. Like on Friday's show, when I got to play a character who loves to skip. I yes. love skipping. You do love skipping. I am an adult man and I'm not ashamed of the fact that skipping is the most efficient way of getting around. <laughs> Minimal effort, maximum momentum, all the whimsy and fun. And I got to be this character, uh, and the audience ate it up. They loved it. anything that I said about skipping was genius. And these were all like real, true beliefs that I have about how skipping is far superior. Like you cannot be angry when you skip. You just have to how smile. Do you, how do you skip angrily? Yeah, exactly. It's just so happy and carefree. Uh, and it threaded throughout the entire show. Everybody wanted to play the skipping card. It was a ton of fun. It's amazing. So my personal news, I teach a contemporary class on Monday nights, a contemporary dance class. And a person who takes my class sent me a video of this like really, I don't know how to describe it other than like nonchalant, just like vibing choreography to a doo-wop song. It was like really low-key, kind of pedestrian, but also amazing at the same time. And I was like, ooh, I want to I wanna test out this vibe. I want to do something of this vibe. And then I was like, what do I want to do? And then it hit me immediately. We just talked about my favorite movie of all time, The Sandlot. Last week we were recording the episode and the moment where like Squints pretends or he drowns himself so that Wendy Peppercorn can, you know, bring him back to life. Mouth to mouth. Mouth to mouth him. And then when he kisses her face, this magic moment plays. So I was like, yeah, that's what I'm going to do. And then I was channeling squints while I was choreographing. And everyone was like, this is super fun. And I was like, great, we'll do it again next week. Everyone has to come to class because it's my birthday. And I plan to guilt everyone I know into coming to my class on Monday night because it's my birthday. And that's my news. Also, we went on a 10-mile bike ride. That's joint news. It was really fun. And we got ice cream. Yep. Are you ready for the poll? I think so. But after last week, who knows what's happening? Who even knows? Who even knows who won? There's two entries, right? You have X-Men. X-Men and X-Force. And X-Force. X-Men won. Yes, they did. By 73%. On the nose. Nailed it. 73% X-Men, 
27% X-Force. That's amazing. That's really good. Redemption is mine. That's that's strong, solid. Claps all around. Hey, are you ready to talk digital comics? The digis. X-Men Unlimited. Yeah, X-Men Green. Nature Girl going off. Oof. Well, what I think is really interesting is that the root of this issue is that iBoy is trying to get to... The nature girl that he once knew. His friend. He's trying to connect to his friend and he's trying to let her know that everything that has happened to her since she left the island with curse has been a curse. It's been an effect of curse's power that has transformed her in this way. And it's not really who she is. She she doesn't care. She doesn't want to hear it. not interested in that at all. And when iBoy tries to connect with her, she rips his arm out of his socket as which, she says don't touch me which you have to be crazy strong i don't understand right. like, where is this coming from i don't know i don't know but this causes spider girl to question what's happening so while i boy is there talking to nature girl Jean is trying to find her and though she has side blockers up Basically, they're trying every, the X-Men are trying every possible route to sort of find the people who may have encountered or may have seen her. And it's not going well. Like, they're not finding any signs. And Spider-Girl decides, you know, well, first of all, she sees iBoy get his arm ripped off. Right, and and especially ignoring the conversation that he's trying to bring up. Right. And the very real relationship that they had in the comics. And and to to witness all this, especially even last issue, having questioned her motives and her intentions, this really becomes a moment of Spider-Girl stepping up for herself. Right, because she's she's afraid because Nature Girl's basically saying, this is, if you're my friend, you're fine. If you cross me, I'll rip your arm out your socket or I'll, you know... A de- degenerate you to pus or whatever it is she's doing with her little mosquito army, Horse dragonfly people. army. So Spider-Girl takes her side blocker and secretly turns it off, which cues Jean and the X-Men into where Nature Girl is as Nature Girl hits her first target. They go to a place where like a decade ago, there was an incident and you know spider girl's like some of these people weren't even alive yet some of these people maybe didn't live here like decades. why are you taking something that happened decades ago out on these people and nature girl's like not my chair not my problem and just drops her dragonfly army of goo all over them and reveals her very evil new look yeah yeah next Evolution Undone, written by Steve Orlando, art by Emilio Lasso, colorist Rachel Rosenberg, letters Joseph Bino. Joseph What? Yeah, it's crazy. Lindley is off the chain. She doesn't go by that anymore. Nature Girl only. I'll call her that. Yeah, well, she Rile like her up. it. Good. I don't care. I'm not afraid of her and her no antlers. Well, she will drop a goo on you and you will shrivel. Cool. Blonde China said, someone take out the f- mutant formerly known as Antlers. I, E-Y-E, can't believe she reverse lended a hand to my boy. I love you, Blonde China. <laughs> VC's Blonde China page turn noise. That was great. JB Didomazo said, not a question, just poor eye boy. Which, yeah, I, I mean. I mean, yes. He was so gentle and trying to have a conversation, trying to reach her as a person, as someone with a shared history, and and to not even see how blind your rage is. I, I guess that that's what blind rage will do, that you're yeah. not conscious of what you're doing. 
But that was I feel insane. like she had like a tiny little moment of like, oh, oh. snap. I just ripped that arm off. Eh, whatever. Whatever. Let's go. You know, like People a little goo. bit of, oh, I didn't realize that was going to happen. Wow, I'm strong. I don't care that much. I've been hitting the stables. <laughs> Goodness gravy. <laughs> get yeah, I get it. Sketchy X-Men legend said, oh, nature girl, dot, dot, dot. Which, yeah, I mean, she's she is not in a good spot. She needs to be taken down and no one feels bad about doing that anymore. Which even makes, even her own team is turning on her. Right. And it makes me think about, because Curse is on Dark X-Men, right? Yep. Uh, Realm of X. Realm of X. So is Curse going to be resurrected with some sort of tweak to their powers? or? I think the idea when we last left it was that she would train in the altar on how to control her powers. Got it. But I don't know... How that's possible anymore. Right. <laughs> right. Where is the altar? Sad. Womp womp. Oh, man. Well, does this mean it's time to talk about the ghost calendars part the one? The ghost calendars X-Wars. part one. What do you What do you think about this cover? You know, just when you thought Beast was getting dealt with in Wolverine, there are even more beasts hanging, yeah. out, hanging out in the background up there. And I mean, this cover is essentially a drop-in shot, so that means you like it. I do. I do like it. I mean, I like it, too. And did you notice the double feature of Joshua Cassara on our covers this week? Oh, snap. Double Josh. Yeah. No, this is a great drop-in shot. I love the action. I love the intensity of everyone coming at you. And I hate Beast, so I'm, I'm here for all of it. Well, let's not wait any longer, then. Page. Turn. Noise. Quentin Quire does not care about the new X-Force team. All he wants to tell you is that you're doomed and that it's coming and you're going to hate it. He's kind of giving like crazy old man vibes. Oh, 100%. He comes in and he's got these straggly teeth and his wispy beard and he's just like shouting about what's going to happen. The future you kids don't know. This like one panel where he's like, doomed, you're all doomed. Like that's how I picture him saying it, all yeah. frazzled. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And... Well, especially his eyeglasses yeah. are, are going crazy left and right. And Sage, I'm sorry, Quentin, but my brain is basically flashing, does not compute. Yeah, what's going on? Compute. Who are you? What's happening? But, you know, he's up to the, the craziness, right? He's doing the nonsense. Yeah. You and your, your knockoff X-Men, your, your... Yeah, he's... He well the the key to figuring out that it really is the Quentin that they know is his savage one liners, his digs at everybody. Yeah. Playing X Force's greatest hits. Him and Deadpool on edge. You replaced me with this idiot. Right. You have knockoff Wolverine. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's rude. That's rough. I was ready to throw down at that point. I was like, How dare you? And Laura's like, yeah, I don't need any of this or any of you. I didn't even want to be here. I could just get out if that's cool. It's not. You're staying. Meanwhile, Quentin's like, I'm going to float Deadpool off to the side and uh, throw old Mega Red in this bubble. And we're all going to go through a portal because it's much easier for me to show you than to tell you. It's all about Beast. It's all about time travel. It's all about this dope shot of the team coming in on the other side uh coming in on the other side and severing ties this is bananas like yeah this shot is amazing this post-apocalyptic world but 
this portal has crazy effects, apparently. That we will hear all about after the title page. After the title page. The God of All Mutants. The Ghost Calendars, part one, written by Benjamin Percy, art by Paul Davidson and Robert Gill on pages one through four. Colors, Guru EFX. Letters, Joe Caramagna. BC, Joe Caramagna. Joshua Cassara and Dean White on that awesome cover. But yeah, this was probably the most interesting bit. As Mm -hmm. much as I enjoyed this issue, these two pages here in parallel, the Colossus reeling from the fact that he has control of his mind for the first time in who knows how long. Feeling foggy and confused. and Like he just woke up from a hundred years sleep. And this is like potentially a huge game changer because the question here is, did this portal completely sever the tie or can the Chronicler just not reach him while he's in this distant future? I think part two, because the fact that he is outside the time and space that the Chronicler can currently reach... But I'd imagine once they return back to their time, he'll be able to reach. I don't know how like we've only explored how much we've been told. Right. 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 So we don't know the limits of his powers. We don't know the extent. If there was anything done that explicitly tied Mikhail or explicitly tied Piotr to the Chronicler, that that's why he's able to reach into his mind or if that's just what he's able to do. I don't know. It's just interesting because if it severs it completely it changes all the terrifying expectations of the fact that colossus has these votes and where he sits on the council which is why i either a don't think it changes that or b this takes place after the next issue of immortal x-men and Mm. hopefully we'll get an editor's note as to the timeline of it all but i can imagine that with him back with three votes with the the seed of shaw being like oh that'll never happen Mm. but okay who knows yeah it's just it's it's not at all what I was expecting. This yeah. was a a big jaw drop moment. Right, right. And I wanted more, but I'm glad that we got it and we get to understand a little bit more of that connection of what could be played with. Mhm. And it's also interesting because on this data page, you know, I had this understanding that the chronicler was really writing and his writing was controlling Colossus's actions but here he seems to just be depicting the encounter with Quentin and it's like is he controlling it or is he just processing what Colossus is seeing and witnessing I think it's a little bit of both where he is able to nudge things but he does not seemingly have full and complete control over the person that he's writing for, that that they still have some autonomy to do something, especially if it's something that they identify with or believe in. I want to know more about their plot, as Mikhail says. By that, do you mean you've lost track of him? You've lost track of his role in our plot? Yeah, right? No. No. Our connection has been severed. Dun, dun, dun. But we don't have time for that because Quentin's like, listen, I don't care. I'm going to make a little... uh gurney for you we gotta go we gotta go we gotta get out of here we can't even save omega red as domino and wolverine get distracted by him being picked up and taken away by these symbiotic beast looking monsters beast priests as they're named later on terrifying and they try to slash and shoot their way through to save omega red but no quentin's like hey we have things to do yeah follow me yeah, leave Omega Red B. I need to take you to my castle. 
We don't really find out at this point what a beast priest is. It's just a hey, shush. We're, we're trying to meet up with the crew where everybody else is. My posse. With this ridiculous snick snicked. Snick snicked Wolverine, a head and a robot body, but I don't know, a time capsule Wolverine Maybe. with claws. Sure. I did find it completely comical that all I can say is snick, snick, snick the whole time. Sure, right? Is this actually Logan's head? Is this Albert? Is this some kind of robot Wolverine version that we maybe see later on? I don't know. Hopefully we'll find out. He's acting on our behalf, so it seems like it's a good thing. Seems like he's a good guy. Meanwhile, Omega Red is encountering... A god of all mutants. Dun, dun, dun. He's being laid on this like... Sacrificial... Yeah, this is a slab. This reminded me of the Terra Verde arc, Mm. right? You know, the the plant god, essentially, and and what that then became. It was very similar with the runes and the sacrificial table and everything else that's being set up here. I love the monologue that Quentin's relaying over these panels, this how Beast has used fear, weaponized it to turn everyone against each other. Mm-hmm. And even has his uh, little temple here, even has X's on the wall. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, it's a, it's a shrine to the X gene. Ah, well, the god of all mutants is here to gobble up. He hungry. And we get a little data page about Cerebrax. You know, in case you forgot about why Quentin died or what. Where he went exactly. And we didn't know, right? He took himself off the board. Right. So he's just been jumping around, fighting a time war. As I read this, I went, oh, no. Time travel shenanigans. Well, especially as you get to the dialogue towards the end of the issue. Like, we've changed the end, but that still creates a new beginning. I was like, gosh darn it, I hate you, Ben Percy, but I love you so much. (laughs) Time. Space. Reality. (laughs) I love love the crew. They're they're just not having it for Quentin Choir anymore. We have been failing for years. We thought you all knew what to do. Yeah, Laura. Do you guys have a plan? No, I thought that's why you're here. You're supposed to bring the plan. We're fumbling over here. As Quentin really reveals that he is not all there, he's struggling to stay coherent. I do love the pain in his face right here Mm -hmm. as he's talking about how long it's been, how tired he is. Yeah, and then that, unfortunate moment of him saying, I have to tell you something really important, Sage. And she's like, okay, what is it? Don't remember. Yeah. Come on. What was it? Yeah. What was it? I don't know. We're just going to, the plan is we're going to fight our way in. We're just going to fastball special. Laura. How'd you feel about it? How'd you feel about the new fastball special? That's great. Here Here for for it. it. Good. I mean, Colossus has not always been the one to throw the fastball special. Why would Logan be the only one that could be thrown? He shouldn't. Let's get Gabby in there. Yeah, Gabby would probably go Let's get Fang in there. Let's get Sabretooth in there. I feel like Fang might be a little too hefty to throw. Let's get Juggernaut throwing him. Oh, snap. Boom. Let's let's kill our way home. Yes, let's kill our way home. She's going in. She's entered the she's just, sacrificial chamber. And she's swearing off literally anything and everything <laughs> that has been referenced in this issue. Yeah. All of this is terrible. I just want to go home. Yeah. I hate X-Force. This is stupid. 
They fight their the team fights their way in. Snick snicked. Just look at the panels of Snick Snicked as he's fighting through. I love them. I like the snicked. <laughs> as he as he basically gives himself to this battle. Yes. And when they enter, they just find Laura and a bunch of blood. And they're like, What happened here? She's like, Wasn't me. Was this guy. What happened? Well, you know. The beast god got hungry, tried to eat me, and I busted my way through his gut. Because I am, don't digest easily. Yeah. Omega Red. I love him so much. He's the brutal killer you need for the kill squad. Mm-hmm. The team is ready to wrap it up, go get some drinks, and Quentin's like, uh, hey, I don't know if I have actually explained what I've been trying to explain. No, man, you've been talking in circles the no, entire time. No, you said time. we have to kill the beast. And we killed the beast. So. Let's go home. Let's drink. But no, there's actually several beasts across several time points. And who even knows how bad it's going to get? Because this isn't even the worst thing it could be. The worst thing has been previously teased in this terrifying Nimrod beast mashup. You were just saying last week how you can't get this Nimrod beast out of your head. I know. And here it is. There he is. In my book, in my face. Right in your face. Coming at you. On my tablet. To be continued. Dun, dun, dun. The Ghost Calendars Part 2. We're not giving anything away on it. We're just saying, hey, here's Part 2. It's coming. How many parts do you think it's going to be? I would say five. four, five Between parts. four and six. Yeah, I would agree. What'd you think of this? Oh, I was going to so ask you that. So I was trying to ask you that so fast. <laughs> well, you didn't. <laughs> well, you didn't You didn't get there. Um, I really liked it. I have hesitations about the time travel part of it all with the stipulation of them saying, oh, we might have changed the beginning. I'm like, oh, no, no. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's not, I'm not interested in like time warping business, but if you're just going to pop from reality to reality and destroy different beasts, that I'm into. Right. That could be fun. Yeah. Now, this was a ton of fun. Just the futuristic alien space romp with wild character details colossus mm-hmm. regaining consciousness and the chronicler losing his hold was fascinating and i want to know more yes especially yeah. with how this lands with the quiet council issue coming up next for colossus just the sadness in old man omega's eyes the reluctant fighting from wolverine sage somewhat coming into her own as the field leader but i'm sad that we won't have deadpool probably too much for one comic to handle both wade and quentin at the same time. I, yeah. I don't think they would just be. A, I think that was like pretty much the beginning of saying like, hey, you can only have one of us. Right. It was Deadpool's going to go do something else in his comic. Who knows what? Who knows what? But he's not going to be here right now. Sorry. Yeah. I'm really interested to see, you know, where they go, how these potential futures are all connected, because it's interesting the way that. Beast has layered these versions of himself to just pop up, you know, and like they're like fail safes the way right. that his initial uh, resurrection of himself was a fail safe. So, I mean, it makes sense. You extrapolate his plans over time and then you take what he's doing in Wolverine and you enhance that with a, a variety of different ways. He's basically pulling Sinister, like the original Nathaniel Essex, by saying, hey, I'm going to clone and subdivide myself into all these various contingency plans. And depending on what happens, that's the role we'll play. Right. But it's just interesting to think that 
somehow they all happen? You know, because Quentin's been jumping around and there are multiple time threads. So that's where I'm trying not to, you know, have a brain explosion, but it's hard to understand how do they all happen. Different realities, different offshoots, different probabilities of what could have happened at what time. Butterfly effect. Butterfly effect, essentially, yeah. And and what Quentin's trying to say is we need to get back to the beginning when Beast starts to do this. But also you think about something like Nimrod that generally does travel through time mm. at times throughout his continuity. Is that why this Nimrod Beast is the biggest bad of them all? Right, because he can just be in every reality yeah and then you know that that secret that quentin needed to tell sage is going to be super important sure right and so i'm excited to find out what it is yeah jonathan elvey was on the same wavelength that i was about snicked is that albert is that logan and will we ever understand what snicked means right who is, knows is it I just think it's like groot? i am groot. Yeah, yeah yeah it's the groot of wolverine and i think that's hilarious it's it means something different every time he says it. Yeah, yeah. I, I imagine that it's Wolverine, Logan. Yeah, I think so. But it's interesting timing with Albert being on the cover of Dark X-Men. Mm. You know, is this a way to bring him forward? And especially talking about robot Wolverines, talking about... That is interesting. Right? It's all brought up at a similar time to make you question, to make you thread that together. Yeah, if only if you know who Albert is. Robot Wolverine. You kind of know who Albert is based on the movie Logan. Okay. He's kind of a clone of Wolverine, but he's more robotic in the comics sent to kill Wolverine. Interesting. And LCD. You don't even know that. No. But she's weird and hilarious and amazing and a little robot handler for Albert. Okay. Cool. Warline was happy that Ben Percy mentioned Gene in X-Force as being a great telepath or anything other than just Logan's chick. Mm-hmm. The, that is generally the, the characterization that we get for Gene in X-Force. Eric Huffman said this was a good start of a story in X-Force. I don't really like Kid Omega, but we'll see how annoying he gets. And he's wondering the big question as well. Is Colossus free from his bro in the Chronicler? Doesn't seem like he even knows something was up. Like you think about what he feels in that moment getting the cloud lifted from his brain well i feel like this was a hey something's been going on and the way that he was sort of brushed to be like no no we have to do this mission i can't deal with it now i think there's gonna be as they're traveling through time potentially some realization of what was going on that maybe if the connection is you know re-tethered when he gets back to the 616 og timeline Maybe he'll have a little bit more agency in his decision making. Maybe there'll be some sort of internal battle. I think it has to come from someone else. I think someone else has to see what has changed with him in this new timeline, in this new reality, and then see him revert to that when they return and to not recall anything or or to Mm. just kind of be suspicious. It just makes me think that, that he's the one to watch. Yeah. And especially now with all of his power positions. Yeah. He holds a lot of cards, that Colossus. There he does. Vaderino said, let's go, Colossus. Get free. Choir is so insufferable, he makes my head hurt from eye rolling so hard. (laughs) But already dig where this arc is headed. And I posted today, I'd never really been a fan of Quentin Choir, but having him in X-Force, 
I was I grew to enjoy him. It's interesting that I wonder how like how do you feel? I wonder how Vaderino feels like about Deadpool because they're very similar. Well, sure, but I just feel like Deadpool has always been a joke and and knows that, whereas Quentin is a joke in ways, but thinks he's the best. But he also is an Omega level mutant, so like he has the reason for that difference. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I, I just I felt like. X-Force really humanized his story for me in a way yeah. that that made me have more interest. You, you mean the whole arc of X-Force? Yes. Because I remember you saying that. Specifically yeah, as, as he was sharing what happened to him in his, his history as a child. And, yeah. But even as he was just doing all these weird concoctions with the five, I was like, oh right. man, this jerk. This, yeah. and, and the whole Kenny of Krakoa. The Kenny of Krakoa. <laughs> Who killed Quentin? Everyone. All the time. Barusu33 said, The growth of Omega Red has been refreshing and my favorite part of the X-Force run. I agree. I I don't know if it's my favorite part, but I definitely have really enjoyed it. It really put a new spin on the character, too. And and yeah. to find, okay, I, I, I love Quentin calling it out. Like, what does that mean? You're redeemable now? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he is. Which He's is difficult. I mean, if you He's know. He's part of the family. If you know Omega Red, that's crazy difficult to do. <laughs> He also said, "Beast being Beast as a hero has never been interesting to me. I hope he stays a villain even after all of this." I, I mean, I wouldn't be mad about it, but I'm sure there'd be many people who would be upset. Yeah, yeah. The Pikachu wonders, "Do you think any knowledge of the evil Beast futures from X Force will alter the present? Like, will he be able to bring that back and do anything with it?" I mean, I hope so. I hope they can. Oh, I think, I think, I think he means beast to be able to like inform his past self oh your face oh, just changed completely. no i hope not <laughs> i changed my answer yeah completely that'd be cool it would be terrifying terrifying yeah time travel shenanigans galetta grafico said x-force is good rejoice yeah it's I so good. i mean i love x-force i do too always have are you ready for the book of the week the 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 second book of what we're talking about, you know? It's crazy that we're already here at the book of the week. Wow. Yeah. X-Men, number 22. Oh, I love this cover. You know, I, I know we say it all the time, but this cover is bananas. And I just started to think about it. Just this issue being so big for Krakoa. So big for the Krakoan X-Men story. Yeah. This is a crazy issue. This is literally Jerry putting his hands down putting his cards on the table and saying, hey, the fall of X is coming. It might already even be here. We right. are on the tipping point of the fall of X. The fact that Josh and Marte Gracia are on the cover and interior. Yo. You're recognizing a number of threats, bringing them together. This, it just feels like even, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to get bringing to the, the, the tea leaves of like, is Krakoa ending or what's next after the fall of X? But You've always known that Ben Percy's big story was Wolverine versus Beast. Mm -hmm. We are now seeing in both X-Force and Wolverine the furthest expression of what Beast could do with his master plots. The number of Hickman-related seeds that are now being connected or brought back or tied into some of the things that Jerry has been working on. You have the brood and nightmare. You have Karima's here. You have the apes with PhDs, yep. the stasis, sinister, Nimrod. Mo- Modoc, Nimrod, horticulture. Like- yeah. 
it's this feels like I don't know this issue to me in my mind was like Infinity War right leading up to Endgame Act 3 is coming it it was like he I'm scared yeah this is not gonna go well right and if if we can continue that metaphor and have Endgame be as long as it is in comics you know that'd be great especially (laughs) if this is all leading up to I don't know Fall of X is Endgame no no. Fall of X is the end of Infinity War. He goes, no, so quickly. Endgame is the third act that will hopefully follow. And that's that's my hope, at least. And who knows? Maybe even more, because I don't want it to end. I'm not... I can't... I don't know how to go on. Krakoa is life. <laughs> Ball is life. Football is life. Okay, here we go. hey ay ay Page turn noise. <laughs> The inspiration for our introduction, Karima Schottrender, Omega Sentinel, sitting outside with her fancy little umbrella, meeting Opal from Horticulture. Ooh-wee. This is just that, that chilling supervillain moment. Just hanging outside. so comfortable sitting outside the treehouse. Loving and hating it all at the same time. Calling mutants an invasive species. Look at that tree house. Soon there's going to be tree houses everywhere. Yeah, isn't that terrible? Forge, how dare you try and solve homelessness? I know. Oh, man. Made me feel things. Yeah. And and finding out that, you know, Opal is taking... She needs them. She's taking Krakowin drugs. Right? She was starting to slip, starting to lose her mind. I don't know if that's... Maybe dementia or Alzheimer's. We don't get any specifics. But the fact that she now is feeling more of herself, this note, well, you've been using the medicines. They're infected. Yeah. There's a Trojan horse in the medicines that will soon not be good. Maybe maybe use that green thumb and make up your own pure Krakoan medicines. And also... Opal, you're going behind the rest of Horticulture's back and giving your secrets to Orcus? Which is interesting because Horticulture has previously contracted, I I guess you would say, for Mm. Orcus. Like they sold the gate technology. That's how Orcus was spying on Krakoa in Inferno. So there is some conversation between the two, but I guess this specific detail and this engagement, they didn't want on the books. No. Isn't that what she's giving here, though, is gate gate research? Mutant, yeah, maybe updated research, because all of that research is referenced in Inferno, mm-hmm. right? The fact that they call up horticulture because... <laughs> I remember the, the one that was like, why are you talking to a monkey on the TV? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and because they're talking about, no, the code's fine. It must be your readings. And that's how they determine through that conversation that there's two gates in that one location that right. they didn't know about, that Moira is using that as her secret in and out. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if this is just further research or or ways that they will be able to utilize the gates. Maybe. I think it's that. I think that, I mean, because horticulture has done that. Right. But we have not seen Orcus do that. Not yet. Not yet. And off Karima goes, which brings us to a title page. Well, who do you trust? Bring on the bad guys. Written by Jerry Duggan. Art by Joshua Cassara. Colors by Marta Gracia. Letters Clayton Coles. VCs Clayton Coles. Our cover by our interior team. Uh, the the 
uncomfortable level of detail in the wrinkles on Modoc's face. Right? Thank you, Joshua. Kassara. Thank you, Josh, for giving me squirmy nightmares. Yeah. Uh-oh. Data page. Full reveal of a previously redacted and now altered page. So we've seen this a number of times, but mm-hmm. having had information removed, some of the petals blocked off. Some other people who are no longer a part of the inner petals, not on those little labels, right? Abigail Brand the, no longer uh, around. Yeah. This is the game day Super Bowl lineup right yeah, here. Right, right. Look yeah. at me, sports reference. Wow. You can't do that. I just did. Starting lineup, baby. Big game. Let's go. hoo <laughs> <laughs> We've got Dr. Gregor, Phelong, Modoc, Judas Traveler, Moira McTaggart, and Stasis as our team. Doctor, 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 all around. You know, they did the work. Give them their due, whatever. And then we have our coach in the middle. Killian Devo, who we know secretly puppeted by Omega Sentinel. Mm-hmm. Can we talk about this is my favorite page. The the team? Oh, this the, panel. This, the guys the, hanging out? It's it's literally the four of them in what looks like Orcus's version of the Fantastic Car. Oh, I was gonna say it's like Santa's sleigh. I guess that too. <laughs> but it just it looks like they took the Fantastic Car and they made it for murder. Well, they definitely have access to all of that technology. Don't they have all of Tony Stark and all of Reed Richards stuff? At one point, yeah, they did. So that makes sense. But so basically, we're finding out that, yes, the the Krakoan medicine is laced with something, but it's not, that part's true, but it's not the Krakoans who are doing it. Right. The mutants are not trying to destroy everything. They're actually at the height of their peace with mutants, uh, with humans, and Orcus is stirring the pot. Yeah. They're tampering with the goods, and now Modok is far too giddy to do a test. I, I love Nimrod in the back, just bored of these small killings. <laughs> and Modok is just, no, we're here for it. I could do this all day. This is my science in action. This is what he was working on in that issue where he then was brought into the Orcus fold, right? Mm. Messing with people's fight or flight. Right, the, with the ship where yep. everyone went bananas on the ship. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. now to utilize it and disseminate it through Krakoan medicines to be able to turn a frequency on a localized level that makes this guy kill himself, smash his head through a window and fall to his death. I mean, very upsetting as you see him falling to his death and the, there's just a word bubble that says success. Yeah. I mean, and just the the red outline on these three interior panels the blood. Oh, I, just, yeah. I love this. I love the details of this. It's It makes me feel squirmy, yeah. but I love mm, the that's detail. That's why I love Joshua Kassara. Details. Squirmy details. The splat. Oh, man. And then just like Modoc and Stasis's evil grins. Yeah. As they talk about how many people would we be able to kill with this? They're just so excited. They're just hyping each other up. Oh, yeah, science? Yes, science. Oh, science things? No, murder science? I love murder science. That's my favorite kind of science. I can't wait to do more murder science with you guys. Get out of here with your botany. Talking murder science, bro. Oh, God. The fact that Stasis says, I need to get back for my tailor's fitting of a tuxedo, that's for the gala. Yo, he's going to the gala. Like, we know Nimrod's on the cover 
of the Phil Noto Gala. Mm-hmm. So we assume Nimrod will make an appearance. Faylong has been to yeah, the gala previously. Yeah, but Nimrod's not invited. No, sure. But, you know, and if you have access to the gates, everyone's invited. And is, yeah, like is Stasis invited? Is Stasis pretending to be sinister and showing up? He, is... he wouldn't be invited. And if he shows up as sinister, they'd be like, hey, how'd you get out of the pit? What's up with your forehead? Yeah, what's going on, clubhead? Clubhead. <laughs> so Orcus is, uh, they're not only tampering with the medicines, but they're also offering a cure. I just, I hate it. Yeah? But I love it. Because of how well thought out they are approaching this as a villain. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I am here for conflict, right? That's why we read these stories. We see hero versus villain. And to see a villain actually step up their game and and work on a level that is comparable to Xavier calling everyone to Krakoa, right? right. You know, like Orcus is salvation for humanity. We will be all the things that the mutants are trying to be for themselves, but for you, the common man. And I also really like that every once in a while we get these issues that are more so told from the villain perspective, yeah. right? Like this is an X-Men issue, but it's really an Orcus issue. Yeah. Like, the X-Men make an appearance, but we're seeing into the depths of Orcus. Like, we haven't seen really any X-Men yet in this issue. No. No. Just the references of them. Right. And it reminds me of that issue, I think it was nine, where the council tables mm-hmm. are have all the Orcus higher-ups sit on, yeah. on, the, on the chairs. And then you even compare those two covers, the fact that that cover and this cover has very similar character lineup and you know it's just we've just been in adding new bad guys to our team yeah just been growing our roster but orcus has a gift right you've heard of krakoan medicines sure but we want to be able to suppress the x gene i i wonder genuinely if it actually works or it's just a ploy to lure people yeah, in and capture them stealing people right so this one guy's like yeah you know what i want to do it second he steps into that tent and sees all those AIM people, he's like, ooh, you know what? Actually, changed my mind. And and actively stabbing into people on medical tables. Yeah. Like, uh, no, I don't want to be here. This guy, woofer. Woofer. Woof, like a like, subwoofer. Yeah, like the opposite of Dazzler, too. Oh. His powers are to turn light into sound. Dazzlers are to turn sound, sound into, into light. light. I love that. I think it's ridiculous. Them together would just be explosion against explosion against just explosion. hyping each other up. Yeah, and also just when we get this wider shot as he starts to step out of the tent and then he's pulled backwards and you see basically blood smears on the floor like they're just dragging bodies over there. Oh, that that red across. Yeah, I thought that was Cyclops's eye beam. Oh, you probably right. Yeah, right. So that's Cyclops's head as he's stepping in and basically laying the law. Hey. Uh, we're here to make sure we're letting people change their minds. Yeah. Choice. It's a thing. Cyclops, Firestar, and Forge coming into the tent, laying down the law, saving the day. I love the subtlety in the art of seeing Forge just chewing this gum. Yes. You know, starting it with this big wad in his cheek, blowing a bubble, and then knowing that it's going to become something. Yeah. It's really awesome. Yeah. And who is it? Who is this doctor who pulls down his mask and he's like, I'm living proof that it works. Like, am I supposed to know who that guy is or he's just a rando? He's just a rando unless that mustache is very 
particular to someone that's not jogging my memory, but no, I, I think he's just, hey, I'm of the people that we can change. And Cyclops wants to help. He gives a big old punch to someone thinking this will work. And then, uh, and then it doesn't. You know, this is, and Warline comments on it. It is slightly odd for Cyclops to be like, hey, whoa, that's that's weird. That's, why didn't that punch knock you out? As he just kind of stands there and lets the other guy punch him in the face and give him the wood. Yeah. It's similar. I think he's calling it out in comparison to the Hellfire Gala mm. preview. Right. So having turned his back on the enemy after he hit him because he thought he was down, underestimating the villains, essentially. Right. Which I feel like in general could be said about Krakoa, that they have not done anything about Orcus. For sure. And have just let them amass their power in the in the shadows. And now it's going to be a huge problem for them. And they need Shadow Cat to come in and slice them up. They do. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. Oh, my God. I just got so excited when you said that. Oh, gosh. Well, this oh. guy's got a gun. Yeah, and this is triggering for Forge. You just weaponize the X gene into a gun. That's that's literally that's my his greatest thing. shame. Yeah, you know, he's like, no, I'm gonna spit my gum at you. <laughs> I love the shout out to the the letters, Clayton, the the patu, and then the the bump later on on the last page. Mm-hmm. I, I just I love those those tiny little details, even the the splat. Of in blood and the wood, there's yeah. so many good instances of great lettering. The squish of the bubbles hitting the the floor. Yeah, as this bubble gum just grows and grows and envelops this guy, and he starts <laughs> to freak out. Am I going to be able to breathe? What's happening to me? You should die. As this other guy, this hooded figure, shouts death to the X Men and clotheslines Forge. Woof! Firestar. Firestar. First of all, Firestar is the shining star of this issue. Yeah. She's crushing it right now. Yeah. No, not yet, but she will be in a few pages. Well, sure, sure. The fact that she tries to light him up, hears from Forge. Now, that's not a human. That's a machine. There's no way that a human could have done any of that. And then re- No human can close light me. I'm Forge. And then reveals Sentinel Zero. Oh. Orcus personnel will be protected at all costs. Yikes. This, With those claws. Yeah. So this this is Inferno's nightmare, right? This is all those skeletons kept for a purpose and mm-hmm. now engineered into a sentinel. And I just I love this detail of Forge basking in the ingenuity of the humans using Wolverine's corpse to manufacture a new somewhat indestructible sentinel Mm -hmm. he's just like oh wow that's so cool but i got something that can do something i got my metal foot and leg and no longer do i have that leg oops oh no it has been scracked off and you know the only real way to solve this problem is for firestar to light it up so what does everybody do but get out the way yeah this this is firestar just stepping up. Another great moment for Firestar, showing the change over last year's Hellfire Gala mm-hmm. into how she's completely bought into the X-Men's mission. Yeah. You know, the the end after she does this incredible light show of destroying this robot Wolverine skeleton and, yeah. and just saying to Forge, that's the job. That's what we do. We're here to save people. I just also really... I. I want to talk about these panels. Sure. Because... They're great. The close-up of her mask like the flames around her face and just 
the growing, and then the detail in that explosion. Yeah. All those little bits and the shards flying off as she's just shooting more and more fire at this thing. It's really amazing. And the colors, too. Yeah, the colors here are great. And then her just yelling stop in the Sentinel's face with enough force to just... Imagine if that didn't work, though. Yeah. I mean, I get it, right? So what we're doing is breaking down the fact that the the tech inside the Sentinel is not adamantium. The things that are making it be a Sentinel, be able to move, that's not indestructible metal. Just the skeleton is. Ready for me to get you and everyone else upset? Let's take a look at the size of the Sentinel. In oh, yeah. In comparison to other people. He is huge. He's rather tall for a Wolverine skeleton. But so that also could be, is it is it augmented by other bits? I don't know. Is, I don't know. Does he have... when, so we when we leave and we see the skeleton later on the table with the monkeys, with the apes, it seems like it's a full skeleton that they're just, so I don't know. Maybe it's augmented, but either way, Firestar's. She's taken this one with them. They would no longer leave discarded Wolverine skeletons no. behind. And we get the most beautifully depressing data page as Forge says, hey, I, I have been holding out on you guys. I got some crazy ideas. I didn't want to tell you. You know, I don't I don't lead with my top shelf. Mm-hmm. I lead with the stuff that you're like, oh, yeah, that's cool. That's great. We did. We asked you to do these things. You did these things. What else you got? Brain guy. He has the ability to use the biomes, the treehouse technology, to basically solve homelessness. Yeah. Worldwide. And he's like, I would like some stage time at the gala to present this to the world. I'm not asking anyone for anything. It's free. It's a gift. And it will be free. Like and it this, should be free. Yes. And this is how we basically this is how we get ourselves in good standing. This is our good deed. This is our Vote of confidence. But you know it'll never happen. Of course. But I, but if you don't allow me to do it, Emma, I'm showing up in jean shorts and a polo to your party, which everyone would be like, yo, let me get those Ford shorty short shorts back. <laughs> Hello, ladies. No I'm complaints. Forge. No complaints. We're back in the treehouse <laughs> with brooding summer. The burning question. So I thought that was so funny when... Forge is like, oops, sorry for that joke. Sorry to interrupt your brooding uh, bad word choice. And then, he, he's telling, well, I mean, we're getting this recap in the captions about the fact that things are still not well between Gene and Scott, which yes. I think to, to point to it here means it's still going to be relevant. It's still going to play out yeah. as we go further. It didn't just fizzle after that issue. Right. Did you see? Can you see the the Wolverine skeleton? Yes, with the, made like with the, the Santa, Santa hat, hat and it's the Christmas so good. lights. It's so good. I live for it. And then Forge asks the million dollar question: How many times has Logan died, and we haven't recovered his damn skeleton? And Scott just goes, hmm. huh, "That's a good question. Hmm. So, something that we probably should have been paying attention to because there was countless missions in How Inferno. How many times did they just sh- like send him into the Orcus?" And then he died. And then they were like, well, let's just send Do another again. one. And also at that point, how do they, we've talked about this before. Like, how does Orcus not know that you have resurrection abilities? Because you right. keep sending the same guy. Well, they asked, they, they did kind of get to that. They thought they were clones. They thought they were copies. They, they posited all these potentials. Right. They had no idea that they were 
exact sentient copies with the backed up memories, the essentially how you could break down what is a soul of the memories and experiences of the previous version of themselves. Yes. The, the details, That's the technology, true. the further bits they didn't have, but they knew something was up. They knew something was up and they were saving the skeletons for these ape doctors. Well, I mean, that's... That live a, their best lives. That is a precious metal. Mm-hmm. And that is a, I mean, I don't know if they had that idea or even if Hickman had that idea of what these Wolverine skeletons could be eventually used for. But here, and to bring it with the PhD apes. Yeah. I just, it just feels like so much coming together at one time. And this bit about camouflaging this one in meat. Ugh. Oh, it's disgusting, but it's amazing. Yeah. Good it show. Is, especially because of the way that, that it just went down was the only reason that the X-Men went ham on it was because it wasn't a person because they have a law, kill no man. Right. So if we disguise it as a man. We won't be able to know until it's too late. Yeah. I wonder. I don't think they'd be able to have it look like Wolverine. I don't think that that's the goal. I no. Think, I think they're just going to make it look like a person. Which is interesting because then it's going to spit out claws and then it's going to be questionable. Sure. But, you know, our text for our next issue, when cometh the Stark Sentinels? So we have Sentinel Zero and we have Stark Sentinels. Together, that's a crazy Sentinel army. Imagine a fastball special of a Stark Sentinel and a Wolverine Sentinel. Oh, God. That's crazy. I love it. This was huge. This was insane. There were just there were so many threats and threads collected and brought together into this big boom that's incoming. You know, like all these villains. I, I listed them off at the beginning, but all of them here, even the the brood having been referenced, having been just recently put into position to come back and and maybe not be a positive thing for Krakoa that they have been working with this sentient parad- parasite. Right. It's definitely not. No. Uh, it just, it feels like, is this the denouement of Krakoa or is this the bleak end of Act 2? That was my big question. I don't know. I'm in denial over here. Not ready. Scared. Shaking in my boots. What else did you think about this? What? How else were you feeling? <sighs> I mean, it's exciting to see all of the threads that have been building coming together and building momentum and... And getting to know that, you know, we've seen those skeletons before. We've seen them in tubes. We we know that Orcus has been preparing for this. We know that they've been amassing all these villains together. And so eventually you have to see it play out, right? Sure. So it's it's exciting. It's scary, but it's exciting. Yeah. It's, and then, it's exciting from a narrative perspective of like, okay, this, this is building to a great finale of a story. Mm-hmm. But it's just, I did not want... The end of the story. And I don't know right. if this is the end of the story, if this is just the end of this chapter, right? They, they called the Destiny of X kicking off the great second age of Krakoa. Is that act two? Are we just now right. going to be starting act three? Does there have to be a specific end? I keep on thinking, and I say this to people, and we've been talking about it online, that you don't get a full reset at the end of this. No. I don't, I don't think that we go back to the mansion. I think that Krakoa is going to splinter and you'll get smaller groups of people that form out of that. Right. Banding together based on ideology, based on where they want to be in the world or what they want to do. And then from there, you can make books out of those different groups. Right. You still have the threat of Orcus. You have 
it's just the the collection and the interweaving with bigger Marvel titles, right? To to thread this into Iron Man, to thread mm-hmm. Wolverine's story into Ghost Rider, to thread Spider-Man's story into it all, and, and to know that they're not just going to reset the 616. No. Yeah, I don't think like Krakoa itself dissolves. I think the structure in which Krakoa operates at this time Changes. is clearly dissolving and will change. And that I think the idea that all mutants live on Krakoa no more. No more. But I but I don't think all of it's going away. Right. I think we'll still have an X line and hopefully it's a connected X line. I was talking about this with Pastry Jordan before we started recording mm-hmm. about just how much that has been such a great point of the Krakoan era, mm-hmm. whether or not you like the direction of where it's going, but the fact that everyone's on the same page and yeah, everyone's tying their stories, stories together, yeah. right? They're playing off of each other. They're playing with each other. You, know, you think of, I picked up Avengers this week and in the previous Avengers run, they were not acknowledging what was going on in Black Panther. Mm. They were not acknowledging what T'Challa was going through in his story. And I was reading Black Panther, but in the first issue, they completely acknowledge, hey, I know you're on the run. I know you've been doing it. You've been exiled, you, all these other things. To to know that that's a, now a creator at a point that's working with everybody's individual stories and wants to have some kind of coherence. I think that just makes the... It's, it's almost like the comic universe is taking a bit of a nod from the MCU. Right. And really saying, okay, you don't have to watch, you don't have to read all the stories, but if you are reading all the stories, you get the full you picture. Will, they will connect. Yeah. And we're mindful of what we're doing so that you're not bouncing around and getting confused or feeling upset that this doesn't continuity, this continuity doesn't match with this or we're just disregarding what a character's going through. And like, there are always going to be little gaps in that. Sure. But and you can't do it for everything. And right. that's why you have, okay, we're going off and doing this over here. And that and, happened in this time. And or, that's why, yeah, there's like alternate universe stories or alternate timeline stories. So you can still get, you know, different versions of things. But I think it's a really smart choice to have everything be connected. The other thing about this issue that I really liked was seeing Firestar be confidently part of the team. Oh, yeah. And really getting to see her use her power in in an impactful way. Because I feel like oftentimes she's definitely grown as a member of the team. But usually we just kind of see her and Iceman in the background mm-hmm. doing their thing. But we don't get to have her firsthand experience of what her capabilities are. So I really liked seeing that. Seeing her, you know, it's an interesting grouping. You have Cyclops, who's one of the leaders of the team. Forge, who's clearly an important member of the X-Men because of, and, and in relation to Krakoa as a whole. And then Firestar, who's sort of been like in the background, to have them be the three characters that you see in this. They're the only X-Men in this whole book. Right. Right? Like, that's huge. Right. So I, I liked that. Because, you know, when Firestar was first on the team, I was like, boo. Everyone was. Piss. Yeah, except for people that loved Spider-Man and his amazing right. friends. So now I've changed my mind about Here Firestar. Fake Tortoise said, finally, Jerry is writing Orcus again. It's much better when he focuses on them or on the main war between mutant and human. And I totally agree that that's the hype. That's the big mm-hmm. story. But at the same time, you have to pace that with those minor threats. And to see those minor threats tied in, building the tension yes. and creating an even crazier cacophony of evil, like Modoc coming through right. and now being a part of that big Orcus story. 
Nightmare somehow tying. I feel like Nightmare and the Brood is not done. Have we gotten the when we interviewed Jerry and he was like, I finally get to write my favorite villain. We asked him, like, if you could write any villain. I think it was Modoc, but I'm not sure. Yeah. I would have to go back as to when that happened because I think that was that was towards the end of. No, I, I don't know off the top of my head. Yeah, I don't either. I just was wondering, have we gotten to that villain or is there someone else who's going to be exposed? It would be way, it'd be a really long time since, because we talked to him like over a year ago. So it must be Modoc. I think so. I don't know what time is. Time in real life is the same as it is in comics. It means nothing. Lies. Comic Extracts is so excited to finally be getting back to Omega Sentinel. How does Sins of Sinister affect her reset? Mm. We need a recap on Omega Sentinel's time travel shenanigans seems relevant. And so I was thinking about this before we started recording. I think that the trickster dominion or the trickster God, whatever you call it, Mm -hmm. that sent back the consciousness of Karima at that point, that all happened before Sinister got the Moira machine. Mm -hmm. So that Karima is unaffected by anything that sinister does other than losing some of the time saved in those Mm in-betweens right so she's not experiencing the lives that sinister is killing off but she still has all the knowledge of her timeline which is a full world in the same way that moira still has all the knowledge of her 10 right so i don't know if she's been impacted at all by sins of sinister that she just Feels, and, and then that's the question of how in conversation are Karima and Moira. Right. Because I would agree. I don't think that she was affected because of the reset. Like she might have like lost a day or two or something. Sure. But right. I don't think it affects her timeline at all. I agree with what you're saying about like sort of what her save point is. And, and especially even what she revealed to Nimrod in, in Inferno. Mm-hmm. I feel like that still has happened. Right, we didn't have the Moira machine revealed until Immortal X Men number one. We don't know how long Sinister was doing that. I'd imagine that it wasn't much longer because did he even know about Moira setting resetting the timelines? Right. Maybe did he have her DNA previously? I think so. Am Friedrich asked, "How chilling was it when Karima said she often visits the treehouse?" And terrifying. Right. Adam and I were talking back and forth uh, just with the fall ramping up. It just feels like we're seeing everything come up mm-hmm. and, and be here. Like the fall is already here. Yeah. It just hasn't started yet. And he said that I, I don't know if we're going to get out of this one. It's literally right now we're at that moment where you're sitting at the top of a roller coaster and it's going like click. Right. Click. It's the. And you're like, it's the point in the movie. Is it, coming? is it coming? It's the point in the movie where you start getting anxious for the characters because Ugh. you know something terrible is about to happen, and then you start hating the movie because you're like, what's what's gonna happen? Literally, I just as you were saying that, I realized that I've been sitting here with like physical tension in my body, and yeah. I was like, take a ah, uh, relax for a moment, Alicia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's definitely anxiety provoking, and then you don't get any more for like a month, and you're like. That's it. You revisit it and you're like, oh, yeah, I remember oh, yeah. I was super anxious about this. Blonde China said, OMG, the Orcus of it all. Great seeing Karima make a deliciously evil cameo. I'm literally worried for everyone at this point. Mm-hmm. And he thinks that 
the Hellfire Gala is getting Genosha'd. Oh, gosh. Maybe Dark X-Men comes from everyone dying and Maddie bringing people back through limbo, question mark. Magic gets messed up with Blightswill and tries to help by teleporting, and that sends them off to the Realm of X with a couple other people. Nightcrawler and Iceman going on the run with the resurrection on hold. People will be dead for a few months until Gene Phoenixism <laughs> dabs. Oh, my God. I yeah, love it. That, yeah. I mean, it definitely feels like we they've been hinting at this for so long with so many people being afraid of or bringing up the fact of like we've done this before put all the mutants in one place it's just a recipe for a disaster it's a recipe for someone to come in and murder us all and so that's been seated and it wouldn't be so i wouldn't be surprised if there was some kind of yeah cataclysmic event at emma's party yeah uh, it's sad Vaderino said, would Woofer and Dazzler just cancel each other out? Also, Firestar and Forge make a great team. Let's see more of them together, please. And LOL, we've been saying for years that Wolverine needs to stop leaving his corpses everywhere. Yes. For Cyclops to be like, uh, is hilarious. Yeah, I know. It's like, oh, we he's like, ooh, we messed up. We yeah, I don't bad. know. There's hundreds of them, honestly. And that's... What's terrifying is like there are, right? So how many of those sentinels? And then you have to think, are they the way that those doctors were like, let's let's disguise this one. Like they have no intention of like building an army of these and sending them out. They're just saving them and using them one at a time. Sure. Well, and maybe. That's like. Maybe. I mean, you know, it gets to a point where you need to send in an army. They have 10 at least right there. Well, they have the Stark sentinels. Sure. So. I, mean, I feel he, like these are like their undercover agents that they they slip in. And, right. It's the it's breaking down the door and then the tactic entry. Yeah. Warlion thinks that the Logan Sentinels is a cool idea, but is wondering if we'll actually deliver on that potential, and and what will come of these Sentinels. Yeah. I'm I I'm mean, just excited to to see it and and interested to see how it'll play out. I I yeah I feel like. With them taking the X Men taking one back and now acknowledging, okay, we realize we've left a bunch of Logan skeletons lying around. I feel like Orcus is going to be at a little bit of a disadvantage in that. Hopefully, the X Men are sort of spreading the word and saying, like, if you encounter an adamantium skeleton, it is okay to destroy it. Sure, or at least trying to figure out how to take them down. Right? right. This was a very lucky situation with Firestar being able to melt the Cybertronics, the, mm -hmm. the cybernetics in the Sentinel build, but what happens when the sneak attack version right. attacks and it's just it's just woofer, you know, or it's just Doug. Right. Right? Oh Doug. He also said that Cyclops has been written weirdly lately as he keeps on letting his guard down. This is what I was talking about before. And it's true. I mean, I I was surprised to see it here and I was surprised to see it in the preview of Hellfire Gala that he just it's the hubris, which mm -hmm. has always from the start been the the word to know or to that's learn. That's the downfall of Krakoa. Sure. It's the individual hubris. The, the fact that we're not sharing all of our insights with everyone. Eric Huffman really noticed the coloring in X-Men for once, mm -hmm. loving how layered and painterly the colors looked in this issue. And was wondering, who is this mastermind behind the colors? And it's Marte Gracia. Yes. So Marte Gracia has been 
one of the big guns in coloring for the last handful of years. Yes. He is normally brought on for those marquee event issues. He did a lot of Empire. He colored all of Hawks Pox, the big three issues of Ten of Swords, Planet Size X-Men, and a number of the issues of the first year of X-Men. Yes, with and Pepe. With Pepe, yeah. And even when he worked with the quote-unquote fill-in artists on the first year of X-Men, you know, just really bringing up when I see interior and cover on the same, mm-hmm. when I see Marte is, and Josh has been elevated to Pepe status, right? Yes. You know, Pepe was the Stormbreaker. Josh is now the Stormbreaker. Or, right. or even I think at, at the same time or, or shortly after, because he yeah. was in the, the most recent, not the not the current Right, class, but the one before. But the one before. Yeah. So I just, I just feel like this was a signal that this was a big issue. Yeah. Yeah, when you get the double, you know. The Pikachu wonders, do you think the mutants are prepared to face off against Orcus in the fall of X? No. I don't think they are. 100% no. I think that the number of times that they've been saying, nobody's training on Danger Island, nobody's prepared. Like, we just, got nothing to worry about. Just the general reaction to that Bishop and Danny conversation. Mm-hmm. And hopefully, no, you are training for war. Right. You, you have seen... Charles has seen what is coming. And that, I think, is the part that makes it not real for people is that they don't know what's coming. They only know, hey, the humans are going to come for us. Right. But they are so ill-prepared, it's not even funny. Even Charles doesn't know. He doesn't know that the real thing is Karima. Right. That the real threat is, I mean, I guess they kind of know because that's always been the real threat, but I don't know. He doesn't care. That's the difference. Yeah. That's all our questions. That was, for only having two comics, that was a juicy week. Right, yeah. That I, I think I needed only two comics to be able to process everything I, that just happened. I imagine that that's part of the pacing that they're doing. Right. right? So, hey, we've got these really big issues. We're going to let that stand on its own. Yeah. And and the fact that the only reason I picked up Avengers this week was because I only had two books. Yeah. Like, okay. We're I'm, not going to oversaturate you when we're about to explode your brain. Sure. I don't know if I'm going to continue reading. It was good. It was entertaining. I don't like the Avengers. <laughs> I don't. I like Sorry. I like the individual members. And it was a really interesting point that Warline sent me the pages of where Vision is talking to Captain Marvel about judgment. Mm-hmm. Right? Everybody remembers their judgment story or, or what happened. And aren't you going to ask me about my judgment story? And Carol was like, "Did what was yours like? And he said, I didn't get judged. Apparently, this celestial god did not see me as a human, A human, even though all of Vision's story is, is basically saying I am a robot can cry. You know, I am right. a humanoid or a synthesoid of some kind. Interesting. And how that connects to Sinister not being judged and the four versions of Sinister. Oh. Like, are they independent humans or are they just a part of one person previously? Interesting intrigue but that's something that we'll leave you with to think about as we head to next week what's coming next week alicia i don't know justin let me look in the back of this book and cheat oh no don't do that Ooh, it's too late Ooh, bishop war college number four new mutants lethal legion number three storm number one which is interesting that they include storm number one so that's the flashback series by anna senti that's coming in sid kotan but they don't include the excellent because because 
It's the excellence. So why are we reading it? <laughs> we are reading it because we have a duty no, to the people. I reject that duty. No, we're reading it. You you brought me into this. You said, listen, look at these comics. Read them, like them. Let's tell the people about them. And I said, okay, but we're doing it. We're doing it. And we're doing it. We're reading the excellent deal. Okay? I love you so much. I love you too. I know. Don't say it like that. It doesn't sound genuine. <laughs> okay, well, we'll talk to you, Webner. Okay, well, we'll... <laughs> All right, well, we'll talk to you after we read those books, including the excellent. Until nah. next time, old friend. Charles, you messed everything up. Bye, Charles. Thanks so much for joining us today on the Ex-Wife Podcast. Be sure to leave us a review and tell your friends. The Ex-Wife Podcast is produced in Providence, Rhode Island by Alicia and Justin. Our music is by Quan. <laughs>